thank you guys for uh, connecting with us uh, financially. It's, it, takes, it takes cash to run the ministry and to get the ministry preached, even in the Bible. Jesus, you know that people thought Jesus was poor. You know, Jesus wasn't poor. No, Jesus had a treasurer. I don't know how many poor people you know that have a treasurer. You know, Jesus, no, but um, it just, it takes, it takes, um, it takes people to, to run churches and, and to run stuff and, and everything else in the here, but I'm just grateful. Um, I, uh, I've got an interesting concept here, a message that, I, that, is, that's, that the Lord's been building in my heart for a while. So it's going to be a series that um, I just want you to open your heart. So you, are, are, are you willing to open your hearts to what God has for you? If, that is, if that's a prayer in your heart, I want you to close your eyes just a second and, and just say, Lord, whatever it is that you have for me, I, I open my heart to that. I want to hear your word to me, what you have for me. I want to connect with that word that you have for me. Lord, I, I, I incline my ear to hear not what Shannon or preacher says, but I want to incline my, my, the ears of my heart to hear what you have to say to me. And I surrender my whole self. I believe that you that um, are here today, you're, you're Jesus' people because you're here. And, 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 you know, here we sing these songs, I surrender all. All I have is yours. All I have is yours. All I have is yours. And so we just connect with that, Lord. And thank you for doing a work in us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, um, I, you know, this, you've got to have your ears on, and I'm talking about the ears of your heart for this, okay? You know, I'm, I've, I've been blessed. Uh, it's easy to say it from this perspective. I'm, you know, I just turned 53 yesterday, but, um, you know, I, I've been blessed to have been in a lot of circumstances in life, and some of those circumstances haven't been fun, nor have they been easy. But it's really fun to look back on them and say, oh, great, I, you know, thank God for those experiences. Um, and, I, and I tell you what, you, you here, sitting here probably, and main, m- most of America have, are living in one of the most challenging gospel environments in the world. You, you, and, and the reason why you are living in a challenged gospel environment is because we probably have it easiest than anybody in the planet. You don't, you don't realize it unless you travel, but you have more as you are than most people do in the world. You, as you sit in the church, you are probably in the top 10% of the world's wealthiest people. In fact, I mean, we've had statistics before that if you own a refrigerator and a bank account, I forget what number you are, but you're well into the top 10% of people in the world. And, and we don't realize these, and this is not a, this is, listen, this isn't, this isn't a guilt trip. Thank God for America. I, I'm grateful for this beautiful nation. But, but I tell you what, it is a challenging place. It's a challenging place because we have everything on tap. We click our fingers, and my gosh, I can just dab my finger over my phone and a box arrives at my front door within a day or two. Isn't that crazy? I mean, we, we have it good, man. We, we have 24-hour grocery stores. I mean, I've, Karen and I often joke around, hey? 
Oh, sorry, not right now, Corinne says. Well, well so, oh, there you go. Not, but, but I tell you what, we, we've got so, we have so much stuff available to us, and that is a very challenging environment because it's, it's people like us that don't really need God. We can rely on our own bank accounts. We can rely on our own strength. In fact, we're taught by the world to do that. We rely on the world system to do exactly that. And so we, we live in this world where there's very little difference between a believer, a true believer, and, and a worldly person. Because we get taught the same things. And, and you know what? There actually should be a difference. <laughs> Believe it or not, we should be living a normal Christian life is a supernatural life. We shouldn't be dependent on the world system. We should be hyper-blessed, healed, prospered, delivered, set free, set apart, made whole by the Spirit, by God. We should be so different in so many arenas of life. But you know what? Most people can't tell us apart. Now, again, this, is, this, ain't, this ain't a guilt message, so, so track with me. Because I, I said to you that I've had the dubious privilege of being in, in certain areas in my life, and I don't glorify those areas that I can, can, I can look back on. But, but you know what? Um, if you go through certain experiences in the military, and some of you have been um, in the military, some of you have been deployed in hot zones or combat zones or red zones, depending on what you want to call it, in different sectors or whatever the case is, and you've, you've, had to, you've had to struggle with thoughts or you've had to deal with thoughts like, how am I going to deal with this today? Or what is going to happen today? Or dealing with death at your front door and wondering if you're next or um, whatever it is, you can be dealing with that. I, I've been on the mission field where, where I've had danger and danger and more danger happening at sort of border crossings. Um, I haven't told you the stories, but I've had a gun pointed at my head more than one time. I've had a gun thinking, well, well, maybe today's the day, you know. But, but I can tell you what, that you, when you put yourself, you, know, you allow yourself to be used by God and, put your, and you allow yourself to be put in certain circumstances, Christianity's got to be more than a Sunday activity. And because here at Lake Haven we pursue authenticity, we head towards authenticity, we say we want to be genuine, we want to be real, we want to have a real experience. What we are doing here is not providing a Sunday experience. You've heard me say that, and I've said that to the Lord. If this is about switching on the lights and preaching a message on a Sunday, I'd rather go home and be with Jesus. Amen. This has got to be a day-to-day, -day living, vital, real experience, and that's where we're heading. Because I tell you, where America is heading right now, where the world is heading right now, you know, you are and I are supposed to be the light of the world and the salt of the earth. You and I are, are, when as the world gets darker, your light needs to be shining. And it ought to be shining. People will be coming up to you at workplaces and different places. If you, if you, if you are willing to live for Jesus and be the person that you're supposed to, people will notice. And, be, and then you'll have to be challenged by the thought that says you need to be ready with a reason for the hope that is within you. So then when people say, hey, what's the deal? Why are you handling the circumstance? Why is it different? Why, why, why are you different right now? You can give them an answer. 
But you know what, sadly, and, and, and this is a, a, a blight on the body of Christ to a large degree, most, most Christians today, because of this, you know, my last series was called um, Believer or, or a Christian or Believer. And I, I don't want to go into that because I want to sort of move away from that. But there is sort of this cultural Christian experience. And that's not what we are. We're not just, we're not just a cultural Christian experience. We, we're deeper than that. We're more than that, you know. So we, we, have, to, we have to connect with what, with, with what God has done for us. And it's got to be absolutely real. We, we want to we have this real experience that literally changes our life. And I say because sadly, many believers, and this is a question you can only ask yourself in front of the Lord, because it's between you and Him, like any intimate relationship. Not your spouse can even answer that. Only you can answer that. It's like most believers get stuck in a place and they stay content or they settled to stay there. They don't grow, and we've done series on grows. They don't advance. They don't. They they get. They sort of become content with the status quo. Now I'm not talking about being content with what you have, because there's Paul said it's great to financially to learn. It's it's an art to learn to be content whether you you have money in your bank account or you don't. That, I'm not talking about that sort of content, and that's a very healthy sort of contentment. But I'm talking about being kind of like yeah apathetic like i'm okay with where i have a lot of believers struggle with issues and believe me i'm speaking from first-hand experience struggle with areas in their life that they never seem to find victory in never find victory in and they they, they certainly won't they won't tell their best friend what they're struggling with well some of them do but they struggle with sickness, they struggle with disease, they struggle with pornography, they struggle with substance abuse, they struggle with this issue, that issue, and they know in their hearts they shouldn't be because Jesus said, I came that you can have life and life and have it more than ever. But they struggle with how. And, and my, this series, I want to get into, if you will take this to heart, I want to give you some practical tools to work through some of these things because we're living in a world that is preaching fear at every turn. Fear, 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 fear. I see Christians loaded with fear. Terrified, basically. But it's fear is driving and fear is a driver. It is, we should be led by the spirits, not driven by fear. But because we've never, we, we, we have this world where we are driven, right now, it is rife. And let me tell you, when you are being played like a fiddle, when you let fear into your life, you shouldn't be in fear, you needn't be in fear, but listen carefully, please hear my heart, you know this, there is no condemnation in Jesus. It doesn't matter where you are, Jesus loves you just the way you are. It doesn't matter how many struggles you've had, how many times you've fallen. Though a righteous man falls seven times, the Lord will raise him up. It doesn't say the righteous man never falls. Righteous people fall. So listen, it's not, this is okay. If you've fallen, don't keep beating yourself up because you haven't even learned what, how to forgive yourself. And Bob and Audrey touched on that. You've got to learn to, to forgive yourself. And we got, so, so this is not about that. 
But I'm talking about way more than just getting by. I'm talking about living a victorious Christian life. Victorious, a victorious Christian life is way more, way more powerful than gritting your teeth and grinning and bearing it and pretending it's not a temptation to me. You can overcome temptations and sin in your life if you do it God's way easily. Easily. Not, yeah, I'm going to avoid that. Oh, yeah, I've got the victory. Praise Jesus. That isn't victory. That is not victory. Victory is when you inside it rises up from in you and you have complete victory. That which used to bother you no longer bothers you. Whether it's holding unforgiveness against somebody. And listen, there are reasons that you feel entitled to hold unforgiveness against people. Whether it's there, you can be trapped and caught in snares that the enemy has for you. But you are called to more. I am called to more. But I can tell you what. If you don't roll up your sleeves, put your ears on, and, and you sort this out with God... It won't change one bit. You will get more of what you're getting right now. So if you like what you're getting right now and you want more of that, just keep doing what you're doing. Okay? And that's okay. Let me just say that. If you're saved and you've received Jesus as Lord and Savior, you'll still go to heaven. I'm not talking about that. If you've taken him on and you've declared him Lord, well, you know, it's kind of weird to even call him Lord, but don't do what he says, he said. But still, but hear me carefully. God is not a God of condemnation. He's going to love you where you're at. He's going to love you where you're at. So just know that just like the father of the prodigal son, you can come to God at any time. He has got his arms open. The other fact, he will never, ever leave you nor forsake you. Never. Never. But listen, I'm not going to, just as a side, you, you dabble with sin, your heart gets hardened. We've, we've did a whole series on that. You dabble with sin too long, and you're in danger because you think you're like the proverbial frog being slowly boiled. You play with it, and you play with it, and you get, oh, well, this is okay, and this is okay. And, and you, you're walking in less and less. You're hearing God less and less. Why? Because he, not because he stopped talking, but because your heart's hardening. Okay, so, so understand, the issue is not between God and you. God loves you. And we've dealt with that. God is, is unconditional love, unconditional, unmerited favor, unconditional love. God is for you. And so we always have to say that. God is never going to stop loving you. But if you use that phrase or that piece of information from the word of God and you say, well then, oh, well, that's great. Then I can just live however I want to you are sincerely deceived because it will eat you up. It will chew you up. It will take your life from you. It will take others' lives from them. It will even hurt your children. It can hurt your spouse. It can hurt other people. Your selfishness, your desire not to do things that God wants to can do, can do a lot of damage. That's why it's called sin. That's why God says, Dan, play with that stuff. You, you do realize that sin isn't fun, right? That's the bill of goods that we get told. Sin is the fun stuff. God has got only miserable stuff, so I just want to have a little bit more fun. No, 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 no. Sin has never been the fun stuff. God's way has always been the fun stuff. 
God, in fact, designed fun. You do realize that. He designed laughter. He designed fun. He desired us for us to live in fun. But some of us are so twisted in our hearts that we think that fun has to be wrong. Because we have been so immersed in the world's way of thinking, so immersed in the world's way of seeing the things that we think, man, this is so much fun, it's got to be sin. Have you not heard that? This is so much fun, it's got to be sin. Dude, you know, God has always, sin has always been a distraction. A distraction. In any case, so I'm trying to, to, to set the standard here for where, where I want to go with this series because it is an important one. It's not something I can deal with. There are pieces of this that I want to build into, in, into the series. We're, probably, we're going to be doing communion in probably, it'll be, we'll, we'll incorporate communion in the next couple of weeks. But the challenge to you, if you will, is that you can have it easier and you can have it better and you can have a life of victory. And that's what I want us to have. That's what we can have. That's what we can lay hold of. I mean, Steve and I were talking and, and, and we, you know what's really sad? It just breaks my heart. It breaks my heart to see believers that have known the Lord their whole lives, decades and decades being a churchgoer, love Jesus. And they do not know how to lay hold of healing and they die of sickness. And you should hear the confession on their mouth. You should hear what they believe is really sad. It's like, what are they saying? What are they, what are they saying? That is not what we're called to do. And if you think, well, Shannon, I've got a problem with what you just said. I'm, okay, we'll take it up with Jesus because I'm, I'm telling you that it is not God's desire for you to live or die in sickness. It is not unequivocally, unequivocally God's plan for you to experience sickness or disease. And if you really want to hold on to sickness and disease and that statement really offends you, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to offend you, but God is Jehovah Rapha. He is the God that heals us. He is not the God who sometimes makes you sick or want to teach you a lesson by making you sick. That's just one area of God. You come to God, He is a healing personified. You and I do not have to live in sickness. You know, love will tell you the truth, even if it's hard to hear. Love does not equal niceness. Love equals kindness, joy, all of the fruit of the Spirit. But it is not necessarily nice. Nice, I tell you what, it's not love for me to tell you what I want you to hear, what I think you will like hearing. I want to be clear. Love and that's the same for you and your children. If you want to be liked by your children, oh, Lord, help you. Because you've got it coming back in spades to you. Your kids aren't, if you're going to try and do things to make your kids happy or anybody happy, if you're going to try and make your spouse happy, ain't going to happen. It's not your job. You, other person's happiness is their problem. 
But if you think that that may gives you an excuse to be a jerk or to be selfish, that's your problem. And you're going to get back more in spades. Good measure pressed down. You, you be mean, you be arrogant, you be prideful. Good measure pressed down, running over will be poured back into your lap. You are the only person, I want you to really close your eyes and think about this. I'm the only person that can do anything about me. I can't do anything about my spouse. I can't do anything about my children. It's me. The buck stops with me. Free choice. And I know, I know, I know that there's a lot of churches that will kick against that because they just don't want to believe in free choice. They want to blame God or they want to blame the devil. You do realize, <laughs> I don't even know if I should go this way. You do realize that there is only one Satan, right? He is not a, a God. He was a created angel, Lucifer. One. I hear Christians having problems with the devil all the time. And I think Jesus only met, had an encounter with the devil a couple times. There are now how many people on the planet? Anybody know? Billion, how many billion? Seven something billion people. But you think you are that important that the devil is going to pass over seven something billion people and come and make your issue. And you people say, oh, well, yeah, well, what are you, he's got demons. Well, yes, he does, but so what? If we read what God, the Bible tells us, we have more power over all the power of the enemy. All, all being the key word, all the power of the enemy. There, in fact, the church today reads so many novels about the devil, they don't even know what's true. They don't read the Bible about what the devil is. I haven't even preached a message about the devil yet. I kind of look forward to it because it's, it's, in, it's illuminating to see what he is and who he is. Any, yeah, I'm getting, I get distracted. That's totally, but, but <laughs> the message title, yes. So the message title is creating your new normal. Are you willing to create your new normal? I, I've joked about this, and I think Penny even had me a T-shirt made once, so Penny or Janine said, and it was, your change is here to stay. Think about it. If you're a believer, and, you're, and, you're, and you are, are in a living, intimate relationship with Jesus, in fact, even if you're not, change is still part of life. We, we, like, we like not to acknowledge change because we become comfortable. And we become comfortable with the known. You and I have to become comfortable with the unknown. And the only way we can do that is if we have an intimate relationship with Jesus. Because we can only go into the unknown if we know we have a known to go with us. We need to know and, and know the character of God. We've got to be able to yoke up with Jesus and know if we go into an unknown place, if God does send us to some place that's unknown, it's okay. I've got Jesus with me. How do you think the disciples of old did it? How did they, do you know that every one of the apostles, I believe, practically outside of John, I think 
even though they tried to kill him, was, was martyred. But, but you know, we, if God, if we are going to be believers and not just simply play church, because you know I have an aversion to playing church, as you say. I, I, I don't want to play church. And, and God knows I have my own issues. But, but we have to have a known of the, we have to be so uh, uh, persuaded in the character and nature of God that we don't care where he sends us because we know him. But you see, we, are, we, we say these words, and I, and I wish I could even bring up the ocean's lyrics. In fact, I don't know if you can bring up the ocean's lyrics. Well, there's the chorus. You know, I'm going to go, let, let me, you know, I want to go beyond where the waters, where feet may fail. And, you know, I want to go past the unknown because there you are with me. Do you know that most Christians don't even close to believe that? It's a nice thing to sing. Oh, yeah, I will do that. Okay, well, why don't you go to wherever the Lord sends you? Where feet may fail, where, where you are not relying on anything but Fear surrounds me. You've never failed and you won't start. Now, where, is the, where is, the, um, is the actual chorus? You call me out the waters, the great unknown, where feet may fail. Carry on. There I find you in the mystery. In oceans deep, my faith will stand. I go to the next one. I will call upon your name. Keep my eyes above the waves. Of course, circumstances, right? Next one. When oceans rise, my soul will rest. You see, I, I love that because that, is, that describes the peace of Jesus. The peace of Jesus said, you, in this world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. He didn't say, if you believe and pray just right, tweak all the dials, then I'm going to control the circumstances. And when all the circumstances are controlled and to your comfort liking, then you will experience peace. No. No, 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 no. If you, if you want to know and experience the peace of God, you're going to experience in the midst of the waves, in the midst of the storm. In the midst of the storm. I don't even know if I can say it more clearly. For I am yours. There is my salvation. You are mine. When, when you are going through and you're feeling like it's all hit the fan, and you just need to, like, you can go and you can retreat and you can immediately connect to peace. You can just say, oh, God, okay, I've just heard this news. Whatever it is, I've got to retreat. Like, Lord, thank you that you are my pillar. You're my refuge in the storm. You're the rock that I trust in. I hope my hope is in you. I don't look at the circumstances. I don't look at this. I don't, I, I, and you refresh and you set your heart because your heart has already been established there. That's what this series is about. The next verse of here, where grace abounds deep as voice. So, oh no, that's, yeah. Is that, is that the, what did we already go through? The bridge, thank you. You see, Lexi's got my back. Happy birthday. Where's the, what is, what is the bridge part? Spirit, there you go. Spirit, lead me with my trust is without borders. Hmm, trust. Key, my trust is without borders. There's no limit to my trust. Let me walk on the waters wherever. Do you believe that? Are you, can you actually sing that? 
honestly, can you be honest with yourself and say, wherever you would call me? Afghanistan? <laughs> California? Yeah. Wherever, <laughs> wherever you would call me. Next one. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander in my ability and my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. It's powerful. There is, the, you know, the, it's, I, I love songs like that because there's so few Christian songs and I, I think we're heading back that way, praise God, where we actually sing the word and actually sing songs because for about 10 years here, we've had crappy worship music i'm sorry to say that where it's just been so wordy and so about you and about how bad it is and about how this and it's like we are not not connecting to the truth of god's word we're not connecting we're not singing we're not declaring his praises we're not setting him we're not magnifying his name and and focusing worship time can be one of the most powerful heart connection times because you are setting your focus on him you're hearing these words and you're putting your focus on him and you're saying my god that is who you are and your worship time can be incredibly life-changing if you connect because that is truth your heart is hearing truth you're connecting your emotions to it and as like audrey said truth plus emotion equals experience it's like a, that's how you write in your heart and we'll talk we'll talk about writing on your heart it's got a lot this the series has got a lot to do with writing on your heart because that's where <laughs> that's where change happens let me say it again the bible does talk about writing in your heart and i don't even have those scriptures all lined up for you but you are the one that's responsible for writing on your heart you are the one that's responsible for guarding your heart if you don't write on your heart and guard your heart you are going to get more of the same and let me just ask you or let you ask yourself this question how many times do you feel like huh why am i dating this kind of person again why am i back in this space again why am i experience this again that's because you're experiencing what is not uncommon to men to all of us we are responsible for writing on our heart in fact I've, I've heard it said this way and I like it your every if you don't change anything in your heart if you don't change the beliefs in your heart your every decision is already kind of made because the same the same way you make the decision this afternoon when you choose to go home when you choose to do whatever you do when nobody can see you when you choose to respond to the government when you choose to respond to facebook when you choose to respond to that jerk around the corner or your spouse or your child or however you are acting right now it's with all the resources mental thoughts emotion whatever you the resources that you have right now in your heart are all you have and those if you don't change what's on your heart you won't have other resources. You're going to solve the same problems the same way. If you get violent because you're ticked off, there's a reason you're getting violent. You're, you think violence is going to give you the answer. And I'm, just not, I'm not even talking about sometimes it's, yes, it might be physical violence, but sometimes it can be emotional stuff. 
But if you do that same stuff, you're going to experience the same stuff. You're going to get violent. You're going to think it's going to get you the answer. Because that's all you know. That's what's been written on your heart. Maybe from young. Maybe you've got every good excuse in the world. And I'm not saying you can't have excuses, people. We all have histories. We all have backgrounds. We all have stuff. We've all, some of us have been in bad churches. Some of us have learned bad stuff. Some of us have learned. And, and, but you know what? Here you are. So the question is, do you want more of the same or do you want to change? Because only you can do something about it. But the good news is that God has grace, he has mercy, and he has the tools that he is willingly wanting to work through with, it, with you. So that when your heart is changed, when you experience, when you know how to write on the tablets of your heart, when you know, how to, when, when you know the techniques, learn the techniques of effortless change. Effortless work is going to take a lot of effort. I'm going to tell you again, effortless change will happen, but it will, it, will, it will take effort. It will take intentionality. It will take, it will take, a, it will take work. Exactly. Labor to enter his rest. That sounds like an oxymoron, and, and when you understand that we start understanding things of the Spirit, it makes complete sense. There is a labor, because when you, when you are laboring, when you work in your heart, when you, when, you, when you work on your heart, you're going to experience things that will effortlessly become your new normal. Do you want to create your new normal? Because I'm telling you, this journey should be from glory to glory to glory. And if that is as subverted at any time, let me tell you, it doesn't matter if you die young or you die from, it's okay, listen guys, so what, big deal. We go to heaven, tough. Isn't that bad? I'm just saying, it doesn't matter. But the point is we don't have to settle with the status quo. Now, I'm going to take this uh, just a thought pattern first because this is another series I want to do. But, but this, this, is not, uh, this, this life is not just about you. We are talking about you because you are important and your family is important. And this whole series is about you and your life. But there is a reason we want to work on our own hearts because there is a kingdom cause. There are people, there are Hundreds of people, thousands of people, perhaps nations of people waiting on the other side of your obedience. Now you can die and subvert the process and yeah, you go to heaven, yay, I go to heaven, nice, good for you. But if you are obedient and you want to walk in his ways and you want to follow these things and you want to create your new normal and you want to go from glory to glory and you want to embrace the things that God has for you, there are people whose lives and eternities will wait and depend on you. You are a unique piece in this puzzle. There ain't nobody like you. Nobody like you. You have something to answer. And let me tell you, none of us arrived. So if immediately you think, oh, well, I know who I am. I'm, I've got it all together. You, you, you don't. 
We're, we're all on a journey. We're all on a journey. And, and, and that's okay. It's okay to be on a journey. It's, it's, we have to just understand bit by bit, piece by piece. We aren't going to all reach the destination, and it's not going to happen by next Friday. But the, we, we, we get used to these, these seven points to do this and microwave this and you, you, you want like microwave Christianity, you know, like microwave your relationship with God. Like I just want to instantly have it. And it just doesn't work that way when you're working with the heart because your heart doesn't change that quickly. We can talk about that in this, in this series, okay? But, but anyhow. Yeah, it's just, in fact, just pause right here. Let's just close our eyes for a minute. I know the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now. And I think it's important that you just respond to him right now. Are you willing to walk a road with him? Are you willing to yoke up with Jesus who's humble of heart? Are you willing to walk with the lover of your soul and go wherever he leads you? Are you willing to embrace change because your father loves you? Your father loves you. You need to hear that. You need to hear that. He will never stop reaching for you. His desire is to heal you, to heal the brokenhearted, to bring deliverance to the captives. Many of us are captive in one way or another. To open the eyes of the blind, many of us have been calloused and blinded by certain things. But he is the deliverer. He is the one. The question is, how do you respond to him? Because that, and I'm not talking about some flippant, yes, Lord. I'm, I'm talking about a heartfelt decision right here where you choose how you will respond to him. You're choosing a pathway of life right now. If you don't know Jesus, then absolutely that's the first step. That's the first, know that he, what he's done and paid for and embracing that. But then it's a, it's a pathway, it's a decision of life where you say, Lord, I will. I will choose to be a disciple. I don't want to just hear stuff. I want to be different. I, 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 I allow, I yield to the process of transformation. I open my, the ears of my heart to hear what you're saying to me right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. I want to encourage you in this, in this time together that those decisions that you make are precious. And when, as you go home today, tonight, 
maybe maybe you have to listen to this message a couple of times and it is free online you know um, but make those choices because it will affect you it will affect your children and it will affect your children's children it will affect many many people know that there's no condemnation i want you to hear it again and again there is no condemnation god wants to reach you and love on you um i i had this scripture come to to my heart as i was meditating on this dangerous place we call sufficiency of contentment of apathy if you will and deuteronomy 8 the lord spoke this to me um, a little while ago and he said there's going to be i feel i felt at the time there was going to be a huge um financial blessing coming on the on the body of christ i felt like there was going to that that we were really going to be reaping uh we were really going to be reaping a lot of money cash money I felt like, you know, the wealth of the sinners laid up for the righteous and that we were going to really, it was going to really boost the, boost the body of Christ. But the, I felt this big warning was beware. Because when we have plenty, it's one of the most dangerous places to be in faith. And Deuteronomy 8, the whole chapter, it's not a very long chapter, but it speaks about this. Um, it speaks about... And, it's it's the whole chapter actually, but I'll in in I, I'll I'll talk I'll I'll pick out a couple of the verses. Okay, okay, thank you. Yeah, um, but if you you will see that it, even in verse two, you shall rem- uh, well actually let me go. I don't even know where to start here. There's so much in this. I wish I could read. Um, let me start at verse verse one. Sorry, the whole commandment that I command you today shall you shall be careful to do that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land that the Lord swore to give your fathers. Now, that, 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 even that, I want you to understand that we've heard about possessing the land, but there are promises for you to possess. And God says this, I will command you, be careful to do it. And we see this repeated many times. And I'm not talking about law and legalism. You don't do the law to get God to give you something. I've, I've done a series on this. You do the law, you, you, do, you, you follow God's way of wisdom. You follow his commands because they give you wisdom and how to walk in life. Okay? You don't follow them because it's a gumball machine with a quarter that I'm doing it and then my gumball's going to fall out kind of thing. Okay? But, but I want you to see this. Um, in verse 2 it says, And you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness, that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep your commandments or not. So he's saying that there's going to be a process here that you will get to know what's in your heart. Uh, and, and I don't believe God, and it's, 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 well, it's definitely for sure because it talks about it in James, God does not test you with evil. But I can tell you what, circumstances will test you praise the proverb says praise is one of the biggest well, that your heart is tested by praise people give you accolades and think you're the best things and sliced bread it says that's one of the biggest tests for your heart but you can it says here that you may know what's in your heart basically you to know what is in your heart so circumstances and like i said money and comfort is one of the biggest tests you, because you don't want to serve God? Well, know it. You can be honest with yourself, okay? God, I'd really, 
I've got plenty of money in my bank account. I really don't have time for you today. Whatever. Know, know where your own heart is. And then, and then the same scripture in verse 3 is that one that Jesus quoted to the devil. Um, he humbled you, let you hunger and fed on manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he may make you, make you know that a man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of God. In other words, it's not your physical supply that's going to feed you. But every word, you are going to survive on a different, on a different thing here. And it's got to do with the word of God. Verse 5, I want to drop down here. Know then in your heart. I just wanted to pick that piece out. It talks about knowing and where again in your heart. It doesn't say, hey, listen, I want you to regurgitate with your head. I want you to learn the pattern. He says, no, this is about knowing your heart. That as, the, as a man disciplines his son, Lord your God disciplines you. And that's also quoted in Romans 12, I think it is, or Hebrews 12. So you shall keep the commandments of your Lord by walking in his ways and by fearing him. Now, we haven't even t- touched on the fearing thing, but fearing is good, good, good stuff, and it ain't, it ain't bad. So then in verse 14, it says this. Um, okay, sorry, back to 11. I'm jumping around here. Back to 11, take care lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his rules and his statutes which I command you today. Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built good houses and live in him, then your herds and flocks multiply, your silver and gold is multiplied, and all that you have is multiplied. You hear how many times the word multiply is in that service? (laughs) Blessing, 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 multiplied exponentially. Herds, flocks, silver, gold, all you have is multiplied. That sounds pretty good, right? And he says, um, all that you have is multiplied. Then, in verse 14, your heart be lifted up and you forget the Lord, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, who led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its fiery serpents, scorpions, thirsty ground where there was no water and brought you um, and brought you water out of the flinty rock who fed you from the wilderness with manna that your fathers did not know that he may humble you and test you to do good in the end. Verse 17, beware lest you say in your heart. That's not with your mouth, people. Your heart can speak. Your heart can speak. Lest you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand has gotten me this wealth. My hand, I did it all. I'm a self-made man. Okay. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to his fathers as it is this day. And then he talks about the warning, because he says, if you forget the Lord your God and go after gods, other gods, serve them and worship me, I solemnly warn you today that you shall surely perish. That is not talking eternally, but you embrace... You embrace the ways of the world and it will bring destruction. Physical destruction because you will just not embrace the ways of God's way. So I wanted to pick out these words to you. If you go and read that, how, what it talks about the heart, how you think. But this, this place of, of being blessed and then you say, yeah, it's all up to me. It's because of me. No, 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 there is, a, there is a relationship if you serve the Lord, and I use that word carefully, carefully, both serve and Lord. Jesus called us, he called us 
and and he and he, you know we he asked us he called it the lordship of jesus he called us to to the lordship of of serving him if we believe in our hearts and confess with our mouth that jesus is lord it's not just a it's not it's not a it's not a um, phrase that we regurgitate it's not a spell that we issue in fact that there's so much powerful truth just in there that we'll analyze in the series but but it's not got to do with just uh, well if i pray my heart and confess with my mouth and jesus is lord jesus is lord see i said the magic words now i'm saved no you'll see when we study that word that the word confession is aligning your mouth and your heart it's aligning what you say with what's in your heart. It's declaring, in any case, the lordship of Jesus. But if we declare and have lordship, listen, I, 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 this is not a heavy message. I want you to understand that there, what we're dealing with in this series is power so that you can enjoy the, listen carefully, the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And, and, and now that phrase is like, whoa, what do you mean the power of resurrection? I'm going to be saved one day. I'm going to go to heaven. I'm not talking about that, but yes. But you see, in a church, traditional churchianity, listen, listen to me. Now, I don't know where you come from, which church denominations you hail from, but most people who have got charismatic, Pentecostal, whatever sort of game, when they talk about the power of God, the images that come to mind are Catherine Kuhlman, blah, 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 somebody, somebody, or somebody coming down to the quote-unquote altar and then somebody laying their hands on and then somebody falling down and jerking around. And that's it. I, I, I beg to differ. If you experience the power of God as it is supposed to be, you will be saved, healed, delivered, set free, set apart, made whole. You will experience the salvation of God. And that's more than on a Sunday. It's more than joking around and pretending that you're having a spiritual experience. I, I don't know about you. It's fine to fall down. I have no problem with fall. I've, been, I've fallen down before, but guess what? You can fall down and get up and it knew nothing to you. You can pretend it to you can pretend it did all this change and you can pretend to be different if you want to. But I'm just saying that if you want genuine transformation, if you want to have this genuine experience, if you want to create a new normal, it is gonna take effort. It's gonna have you putting your ears on and hearing what God is saying to you. And that is your choice. Amen. Let's close right here. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father, that you are speaking to us. And Lord, I thank you what you, hear, what you, what you have declared to us. And I respond to that, Lord. I know that I've made those decisions, will make those decisions. I declare you, Lord. If you do not know Jesus as Lord and Savior, he is not. You have never made him Lord of your life. Or maybe you have walked away from him. Now I'm not, I, we don't often, we, we don't make people walk to the front. There's no magic in walking to the front. But if you say, Father, I, I want all of you. I want to experience salvation in its fullness. 
I yield to what you're doing in me. I thank you for your love. And my gosh, the Father loves you. He loves you. He loves you. More than you can ever know. If you don't feel his love, you can. You can actually feel his love. He can comfort you. can wrap his arms around your heart. He can give you confidence in the midst of the waves and the winds and the trouble and COVID and bad political situations. He can comfort you in the middle of very, very bad situations. I know that firsthand. Wherever you are at, your Father will meet you there. Right there. All you need to do is be honest with Him and yield to that right now. Yield to the process. Will you embark on that journey? Will you choose that way with Him? Other people, you, yourself, your family, your spouse, God has intended for you to live a full life and that includes being a part of this body that we call the body of Christ, the church. You are uniquely gifted with a gift from God that will add to this. You will reach people. You will be part of reaching people. You will be part of living for a cause greater than you. You will be living for a cause for eternity and bringing others to eternity, if you will, because that's what we're all called to. Thank you, Lord. I'll let you just make those, those thoughts, just process that for a minute. to more from glory to glory strength to strength God has mercy I think there's people here that feel they have done too they've traveled too far done too much They're, they have this distant hope there may even be somebody here who feels they may have committed the unpardonable sin Lord I couldn't minister to you enough in a few seconds, but let me tell you, the fact that you're sitting in church means you haven't. You have not committed the unpardonable sin. I want you, if that's you, I want you to come up after, the, as we close the service, come and talk to our very qualified and loving prayer ministers who know how to hear the Spirit of God. Let them minister to them. Let them minister to you, sorry, and then they will. But there is mercy. Mercy is God's ability and desire to treat you better than you deserve. And we all need his mercy. He is merciful. Always will be. But you can experience mercy. You can experience these things. Amen.
Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, we just thank you that you are the God of comfort, that you are the comforter. I speak comfort to hearts and souls right now in Jesus' name. I speak wholeness. Worries. I want you, if you're particularly been holding on to a, a worry, I want you just right now in this place just to let it go. There's a real big worry. It's been like a ball and chain on your neck. It feels like it's pull, pulled you over and strangling you because you're constantly worrying about this. It might be a relationship. It may be a physical issue. It may be a financial issue, emotional, whatever it is. But you are not designed to be stooped over like that. Jesus came to set the captives free. That's you also. If you need, uh, please don't go home without, without coming to speak to one of our prayer ministers. Amen. Oh, Lord, thank you for the liberty that you have set us free with. True freedom. True freedom. Thank you for great unconditional love. Father, we just respond to that. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, if, if any of those things and anything else you want to respond to our prayer ministers, please do. Please come and talk to them. Otherwise, rest of you, you are dismissed. Have a great Sunday. If you're going to come to Overflow Wednesday night, we have our, our believers meeting on, on Overflow on Wednesday at 6.30. And um, yeah, thank you. Have a great week. Love you guys.